Yeah, I mean, rumination, you know, we all suffer from it. I, I mean, I'm quite the expert at actually ruminating, you know, so, so it's, and basically what it is, is it, it's a, a part of our brain that, it, that, um, that ruminates is called the default mode network. And so this part of your brain, it kind of kicks in when there's nothing for you to do that requires immediate focus and attention. So it's, it's this part of the brain that that's for daydreaming. It's for mental time travel. So you can see yourself in the future and with the rumination, you often find yourself back in the past. Uh, and, and rumination generally is this asking yourself why Hi, it's journalist Caroline Stephen here. Today on Talking Trading, we feature part two of trader, investor, and fund manager for over 25 years, David Hobart. And with David today, we discuss how to break out of that awful habit of rumination and press the emotional reset button. And then David talks about his own trading journey and gives his last piece of advice to traders. And with Premier Daniel Andrews finally easing restrictions in Victoria, Louise Bedford in Mindpower talks about developing grit in children with extracurricular activities, which leads to higher levels of resilience and happiness. Let's hear Louise now in Mindpower, and then we'll go to David Hobart. I've just finished reading Angela Duckworth's wonderful book called Grit. It's about how to develop resilience. And if you're looking for a good, fascinating read, actually, that would be the book I'd suggest. One of the questions that it answered for me that has been rattling around in my brain for quite a long time is in terms of children, should we encourage extracurricular activities? You know, there is so much emphasis in the academic side of their lives on reading, writing and arithmetic. I think really when you come down to it, all of us have concerns about millennials' fragility and their resilience. So should we actually be suggesting chess club, jiu-jitsu, dancing? What utility, what value do those activities have for our young people? Now, Angela Duckworth did answer this. There are only a couple of paragraphs in her book, Grit, about this, but I have to tell you, they have changed the way I view these types of activities. She cites a Harvard study that she did, and you know when Harvard University is behind a study, it is impeccably arranged so that from a scientific basis, the stats are 100%. What they looked at is whether extracurricular activities lead to more resilience and more happiness in one's chosen profession. Now, what they found is that is a resounding yes under a couple of qualities, a couple of characteristics that must be in place for that to occur. If you have a child and they have an extracurricular activity like baseball or soccer or football and they stay involved with that for two years, that is the magic number, two years or more, then they are more likely to be more resilient in real life, have a longer career 
in their chosen profession, study longer and be more qualified, and actually be happier. Now think of the implications for that. As traders, we strive to achieve a balance. We're not just in front of a computer screen thinking that we have all of the answers. We're looking to spread our light as a ripple effect into the world. Now many of us do have children and grandchildren and this is something where our encouragement can go such a long way. I'm sure in your own life you would have had somebody encourage you into an area that perhaps you wouldn't have stuck with if it hadn't have been for that person. And it's up to us now. Let's find that passion in our young people. Let's find something that, sure, it would be very easy to give up if they didn't have that encouraging fan club behind them. But let's help them to stick with something, even past the point where perhaps it would be easier to give up. Now, I really do want you to take this on board. I certainly have with my children. My little guy, Ryan, who's not so little anymore, he's certainly taller than I am. He does flute and piano and he does jiu-jitsu. Now, he did play tennis. He gave it up. It wasn't a passion of his, but he stuck with it for three or four years. So I'm not saying keep a child in something that they clearly don't want to be in. What I'm suggesting is that in your role as an influential adult in that child's life, you can actually make a big difference regarding their future resilience, grit and happiness. My little girl does dancing and she does choir and singing in a group called Harmony and that is her passion. And to see her eyes light up as her skills develop and to see that progression, which was another major part of the study, there must be some sort of ladder, some sort of level of progression required, that gives me such joy, as I'm sure it does with you and your people that are looking to you for guidance, that are wanting you to help them discover their own path and their own way in this life. So find something that these young ones around us can be involved with, something that isn't so easy, something that has a ladder where they can see firm progression and encourage them to stick with it for more than two years. Do this and you'll be one step closer towards living the trader's life. Hi, this is Dr. Barry Burns with Top Dog Trading and I'm a big fan and listen to Talking Trading. Every episode that comes out, I've subscribed, I'm on there, I'm listening, and I'm loving it. And you should too. And now here is part two of trader, investor, and fund manager, David Hobart. Rumination is a problem for everyone, including traders. David, do you have any strategies to overcome it? Yeah, I mean, rumination you know, we all suffer from it. I, I mean, I'm quite the expert at actually ruminating, you know, so, so it's, and basically what it is, is it, it's a, a part of our brain that, it, that, um, that ruminates is called the default mode network. And so this part of your brain, it kind of kicks in when there's nothing for you to do that requires immediate focus and attention. So it's, it's this part of the brain that that's for daydreaming. It's for mental time travel. So you can see yourself in the future and with the rumination, you've often find yourself back in the past. 
Uh, and, and rumination generally is this asking yourself, why? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? As opposed to something a little bit more practical. So, you know, there's a few things that I use to help people and to help myself get out of ruminative thought. And the first thing is instead of asking why, ask what? So what could I have done differently? What would I do next time? As opposed to why did I do that? Because why just you end up chasing your tail. Whereas what gives you something actionable? It's actually tangible, actionable, and it's also future looking. It's not backward looking. So that would be the first thing. The second thing would probably be, um, would be exercise actually. So, uh, but it's not just normal exercise. It's because of the default mode network. You want to do something that requires coordination. You want to, you want to switch that uh, default mode network off and engage something that's more, that requires more focus. So just simply going for a walk and bouncing a tennis ball is mm. a great example because you, you can't concentrate. You can't, you know, you're not going to ruminate when you're, when you're trying to catch the tennis ball. I mean, I personally, I do, I row. So, you know, I go rowing in the morning, so it's an exercise, but it re requires quite a bit of attention and focus while I'm doing it. I'm, I've never ruminated and I've, and I never think about markets while I'm rowing. Because it's just too much. Water or is it a rowing machine? Well, we, I do both. I do both. Mm. But yeah, we're, I'm in a, I'm in rowing crews out on the water and that, that technically requires quite a bit of focus. It, otherwise you, you know, make a mess of it. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's quite helpful. Um, yeah. And, and, and outside of that, I mean, I've built a process that I use so that I can get out of not just rumination, but I can get out of uh, self doubt. I can get out of uh, ego attachment in a really brief moment in time. So I've got a process that I sort of have developed through my own meditation and learnings over the last 25 years where, you know, it's like an emotional reset button. I can literally press the button on demand and feel no attachment to the past, no attachment to the future or to outcomes. And, and, you know, I call it, it's kind of a self care program or process simply because I, uh, you need some, uh, what's the word? You need to train your mind around compassion, around awareness, around emotion regulation, before you can genuinely express yourself free from all that, free from all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, so that's they're kind of the, some of the things that I do, you know, in and with my coaching clients. Daniel, you're a friend of Jason McIntosh's and Jason's a friend of Chris and Louise, a good friend of Chris and Louise's. Mm. Jason mm. took me to the club down at Kirribilli, the yacht club. It was beautiful. Mm. He's a great guy. What can mm. you tell us about Jason that maybe we don't already know? Well, J Jace is an interesting fellow from... Like, Jace. Uh, well, <laughs> it probably goes as Jason in the world, but uh, yeah. So uh, he... he as a trader at BT, he was never particularly seeking risk. You know, I described earlier how BT had a very 5% uh, drawdown, 20% budget uh, parameters. And as a quant trader, that's really, really difficult. You know, the, the only real strategies that kind of could do that were discretionary type strategies where you could really scale into positions. Uh, and you know what? That kind of... 
there's a lot of bad habits that get taught with that as an idea. And so Jace resisted the risk. He resisted taking marginal risk and taking too much risk. So he was always quite conservative as a trader at BT because he was always looking for something that was repeatable uh, and consistent. And, you know, he's, you know, had he not done that, he probably would have uh, developed a lot of bad habits. And so as it is now, he is, his process is very robust. It's very repeatable and it's very consistent. Um, And it's probably because he didn't take a crazy amount of risk at BT like that he was often encouraged to do. If you were to look at your trading processes now, what would you say that you really like about your trading? What are you particularly good at? So I'd probably prefer to actually answer what I'm particularly bad at (laughs) in the first instance. And because I've, I've gone through some soul searching with my trading over the last, you know, five or six years. So, you know, as a discretionary macro trader, I ran a discretionary global macro fund, you know, for the first five years of that fund, you know, I was hitting very good metrics very strong sharp ratios you know we won awards uh, best emerging manager at the australian hedge fund awards etc wow. and 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 then for the last two or three years of that fund the performance fell away uh, and i struggled as a trader to actually generate consistent returns and one of the big things around that i've you know through my sort of uh reflections around what went wrong, what I could have done better, what would I do next time has been, uh, again, focused more on probability and process rather than, uh, rather than just sitting and expecting, expecting my strategy to survive all seasons because the world actually did shift. You know, we saw central banks coming in, which we hadn't seen before with quantitative easing. We saw passive investment strategies like ETFs, uh, you know, uh, BlackRock and Vanguard, you know, being the majority of flows into markets that are almost uh, agnostic to economic conditions. And so my strategy was just no longer profitable. And I didn't have the flexibility to adapt in the face of changing circumstances. So, yeah, I, I think now what I'm doing well is actually I'm, I'm coding and I'm learning how to actually identify probabilities for all of my entry signals. Uh, and, and that, you know, I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm not leaving anything to uh, my past to, you know, I'm not trying to extrapolate a successful past onto a successful future. I'm taking responsibility for my current circumstance and my current trading strategy. So what are you doing now? You're doing performance coaching. Where can people go to book in a session with you to find out more about you, to get some of your trading wisdom? And what are you doing with your trading? So my website's davidhobart.com. That's not terribly difficult. Yeah. Uh, and mostly the, mostly the performance coaching I'm doing is to professional traders, uh, portfolio managers and uh, proprietary traders uh, and professional traders and, and, and what am I doing now with my trading? Well, I'm recutting all of my strategies. So I'm actually, uh, I'm learning to code. So I'm learning, I'm using uh, AFL, which is AMI broker. And I'm, we've got all these setups, all the trading signals that I used in my hedge fund. We're testing them all. 
Uh, and you know, we're building strategy that's much more robust and, 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 and I, and, and right now I'm actually, I mean, I'm investing, I'm more of an investor than I am a trader, but I've stopped trading until I get all my metrics right. Uh, and actually that's been quite difficult. It's been quite difficult to stop because there's been lots of opportunity, lots of moving markets in the last six months, but I've made a commitment to not actually get back on the court as a trader until, you know, I'm much more systematic and robust in my probabilities around all my entries for all the signals that I run. If you were to give a trader a final piece of advice from this podcast, what would you say to them in today's market? Uh, oh, well, I mean, again, it's a re- it would be a reflection of my personal experience and it would be uh, don't expect, just like don't have a, don't, don't expect st- stuff to just turn up for you. Like do the work, like really, truly uh, and honestly understand uh, what it is that brings you a statistical edge. Know, know it and don't, don't gamble, don't punt, don't punt in the hope that, because, you know, you know, that that's, that's kind of, you know, where I, not, not in my fund, but in the last few years as a trader, not as an investor, as an investor, I've been quite lucky, but as a trader, there's been far too much punt and not enough process. So, you know, don't expect it'll turn around just because you've had a good past or a lucky past. Great point to end on. So David, what's your website again? davidhobart.com. But you don't live in Hobart. You actually live in Brisbane. <laughs> that would be right. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, this beautiful place, Hobart. You know, you'd be pretty happy being down there at the moment. <laughs> David, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Caroline. And that's all for today's show on Talking Trading. After mentioning trader Jason McIntosh on today's show with David, we will feature Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader next week on Talking Trading. Hope you have a great week. Enjoy. Take care. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.